Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Text for today is from the gospel lesson that I read just a little bit ago from the Matthew 2 passage. So we don't sing it very often. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts we Travis afar. All right, that's enough. Traveled, Travis, traveled afar. So these three kings, well, kings, who knows? Magi, uh, okay, astronomers, well, we'll talk about that. And this is that Sunday, it's Epiphany Sunday, where we talk about, uh, oftentimes, right after Christmas, uh, these three who bring gifts. You know, during December, I think Bev and I uh, easily fit into the role of magi, uh, the ones that they played, the, the role that the magi played when they brought gifts. Because Bev and I bear gifts. And by the way, the reason I include Bev and I in that sentence in terms of we're bearing gifts is because she actually does all of the shopping. She does it, so I've got to include her in there. Otherwise, this is a filthy lie. And then when we think about that, if, you know, like the, the, the wise men, they travis afar. Well, the, the furthest that we travel or that Bev, Bev actually goes to some of the stores. But most of the time, she does what you do, and I do what you do. You go to the stores to a certain degree, but you sit there in front of the computer, <laughs> and you figure out what you want to buy. I'm hoping this is how it works for you, so you don't look at me like, what, what? And then you kind of click and then it appears in your doorstep like two days later and maybe even the same day. It's like, this is a miracle. So this, like traveling afar is one click away now in the year 2000. Well, here it is, 2020. Well, the Magi, they popped up with their gifts and they had those gifts uh, and they were pretty important and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But when they then presented the gifts to Jesus. They didn't stay long. They, just, they gave the gifts and they left. Maybe that's how you like some of your guests. Bring your gifts and leave. But they left and they, they, they didn't stay real close to Jesus for a long time. And it makes me think, and I want to challenge you this morning, makes me think about how close I actually got to Jesus like last month. And I wonder how it was for you. I wonder if there were things that got in the way for you last month of being able to get close to Jesus. I wonder if there was a list of things on your life list that caught your attention so much that to be able to see Jesus clearly eh, didn't work real well. You know, I think about myself, and I, I, I'm involved in a number of worship services, you well know, 
Although I think the people who work real hard around here as well, and maybe even harder, these music people, oh my word, those are the people. And then I think about Nori is here every single day and every single service. I think about the ushers, I'm going to leave people out, the worship leads. I think about people who help to put together the services, all that stuff. Let's get back to this. You know, for me, I think about, even as I'm involved in a number of things, how close did I get to Jesus last month? By the way, it's the same for you. How close did you get to Jesus? You know, I can kind of feel good, maybe, uh, about going to worship services. You know, of course, I hit them all. Or I can feel good about uh, bringing my regular offering to Jesus. I did that. And the way in which it works in our household is the pronoun is, we did that. Or, you know what we did also? We wrote some checks, just a couple of checks, but I don't write a lot of checks. Instead, what I do is I wrote a couple of things on credit cards to some of the organizations that have asked for money at Christmas. By the way, do y'all get any of those? Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, they come all the time. And maybe somehow, you know, we feel close to Jesus by, by bringing offerings or clicking an offering to uh, an organization, a nonprofit, I'm guessing. And maybe it makes me think about this, and I'm going to get back to this, the gifts and the wise men and the magi. Maybe, and it's for me, and I think for you, maybe for some, Giving has taken the place of getting close to people and maybe even Jesus. It's kind of an odd thing to say, isn't it? I mean, sometimes I think, well, I can fulfill my obligation. Well, this is not an obligation, it's a relationship. I'm guessing for the Magi, as they brought gifts, I'm guessing they selected those carefully. And yet I wonder, well, what is a little baby going to do with uh, incense and uh, gold and uh, myrrh? And maybe, and we know this, maybe those things represent things. You know, like the myrrh, the, uh, the, the, the suffering of Jesus on the cross. And then the, the incense, the smell and the, the divinity, the godness of, of who Jesus is. And of course, gold we can put in there, well, that's royalty. That is, that, that, Jesus deserved that. And maybe, maybe those things were selected carefully by the Magi and bring it to Jesus because those things are somehow connected to Jesus. I don't know. All I know is that they brought gifts that were important, either to them or to Jesus, in some way. Makes me think about the gifts that you and I bring to people. I really get stuck on that book of, of the five love languages that are written, and you have to kind of figure out what your love language is. But the most important thing is figure out what other people want, their love language. What is it that makes them whole in terms of filling their hearts? And it's a reminder to me, I'll make it personal, it's a reminder to me that when I'm with Beverly or our, our family or with you, I need to know what, 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 what really fills your heart not what fills my heart. What fills your heart when I'm giving a gift to you and whatever that is. 
What is the love language? Giving gifts and that love language and how it is that God gives gifts to us. God is not Santa. He is not Santa Claus. He is not feverishly checking out some sort of a list of things that we've asked for and then he summons, well, let me send some angels down here. We'll use you, Nick, as an example. Let's send some uh, uh, angels down to Nick for his, uh, his list of things that he'd like for Christmas or throughout the year. Instead, God gives us something that's way bigger than what's on our list, and he comes to us and he gives us something personal. And I think that's the very best kind of gift that you and I can get, a personal gift, something that fills our hearts. And the gift that fills our hearts is personal in terms of Jesus. It is God giving God to us. And that's the personal part of this Christmas. And by the way, we go on to Epiphany. Oh, and we go on, I'm jumping the gun. It goes on to Good Friday and Easter and beyond into eternity. That God gives to us this very personal gift himself. God gives us more than, more than what we think we want and need. He gives us something that's going to fill our hearts And he knew how it is that he could express his love to and then for us. The gift of taking our place. The gift of paying for our sin. The gift of making our relationship right with him. These gifts that that the Magi brought and from out of Matthew 2 that I talked about makes me reflect and makes me think about the God who wants to connect with us, the God who comes to us. We said that for so many weeks leading up to Christmas and in Christmas, this Emmanuel, the God with us. We know that God wants to be with us. And he wants us to not just be with us for a while, but he wants to go with us wherever it is that we go, to be part of our lives, not just at Christmas and then we get on with the regular part of life. God wants to be with us on Christmas and the Sunday after and the day after and the day after. God wants that. And I think it's in some ways it means that you and I need to pay attention to this God of the universe who comes as a baby grows up to be this God-man who gives his life. He wants us to pay attention, to pay attention to who he is and how he comes and how he is with us. I read a blog this last week. I read those occasionally. By the way, as somebody told me, somebody questioned me once. I went out to lunch with a friend of mine. He's actually a therapist, and he said, uh, What books are you reading these days? And it kind of made me think whether I'm reading like good books or not like, like, you know, just like whatever. And he reminded me that we can't get new ideas unless we're reading and looking at things. They don't just automatically come to us. And so I try to read and I try to watch a blog or or watch a video or, or check out things, not just glued to football. 
And I was, I was reading a blog this last week that was helpful for me. I have a book by him, a couple books that I've read, and he talked about this year what he'd like to do is grab back something. Because he talked about how it is, and you can look up here, a screen like that, or here, just a small screen. How the screens of our lives, and it's it's not all evil, by the way, but the screens of our lives have grabbed hold of our attention. And he said what he would like is not to spend his time better. He wants to grab back his attention. And it made me think in my relationship with God, how can I, I'll bring you in, how can we not just spend our time better, how can we grab hold of the attention that we have and place it where it needs to be? How can we take our attention and put it in the place that will be helpful for us and beyond us. And then he said this at the end. He said because when he gets to the end of his life, he does not want to, as Thoreau paraphrases, I I will not discover that I have not noticed my life. It's just passed by and he didn't pay attention. So the wise men, they saw, they paid attention to, oh, there it is, the star. They paid attention. And they noticed then after their travels, this baby Jesus, no longer in the manger, now in a house. And they noticed the parents, at least Mary was there. And they noticed, they paid attention after the gift giving of how it is to exit another route. Here it is, right from the gospel lesson from Matthew 2. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. They paid attention. Whether it be dreams for them, they paid attention. Oh, somehow they had to have been connected to God's word, the Old Testament in that day. These wise men, the magi, I think that's a better way to describe them, they sought, they paid attention, they sought and they found. And they found this baby Jesus, this God-man Jesus. And it made all the difference in their lives. And it was actually God who sought them. It was God who puts a star in the sky. God who puts into their hearts and their minds this yearning to follow the star because this is it. And it was. And God sought them and he grabbed them in their hearts. And because of that, as I just said, everything changed. Everything changed for them. Author T.S. Eliot wrote some poems. And he wrote some poems, and here's one about the Magi. It was helpful for me. That's why I'll share it here. I'm quoting now. 
we return to our places, but no longer at ease here. In the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching their gods. Ooh, clutching their gods. This is no longer comfortable. The Magi go back and there were some things that were just uncomfortable. You know, Jesus makes things, uh, and, and let's do our lives. He makes our lives new and different. But I have to tell you on this Epiphany Sunday, getting ready to move into this new year, Jesus does not always make our lives comfortable. i got to tell you that. For those of you who wanted a, a yippee on a Sunday morning, uh, push me into a, 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 a new year with something that's just yippee, uh, well, i got something deeper than that. It's called Jesus. And he does not make our lives more comfortable. And Jesus, just like the, the, the Magi, he does not make our lives and make us always fit in perfectly with people. And he doesn't make us fit in into what is called success as defined by society. And he, all, he does not make us always feel at ease in our lives. For those of you who want to feel comfortable all the time, that is not the call of Christianity. When we are committed to Jesus, it's not always comfortable. The strange, the unfamiliar road is sometimes our path. But I got to tell you, just like for the wise men following a star and then heading back home by a different route, that road and that route is going somewhere. And it requires that we pay attention. Remember the blog? Pay attention. Pay attention to how God is calling you and how God wants you to be active in a new year, but really all of the time. Pay attention to the needs of other people. Remember, love language is not about you, it's about others. Pay attention to how you can show your love for others. Pay attention to the gifts that God has given to you over the years and how it is that you're going to use those gifts to lift people up. Pay attention to the voice of God coming from his word. Not devoid, not like, well, I'll listen to lots of voice. No, pay attention to God's voice. He wants to talk to you. He doesn't want you just your time. He wants your attention. You know, Jason, for those of you who were last, here last week, Jason talked about uh, the way in which we respond to new paths and new life and new ways of doing this. And when we have fear of like, oh boy, how is this going to work out? When we have fear of this new path. Uh, maybe for some of us of not fitting into the path of uh, uh, the rest of society. Or fear of not having a smooth road. We can be assured of the one hmm, 
the one that we need to lead us. Well, we've got to pay attention. The one we need to lead us. One of the things Jason said last week that has stuck with me this week is, we will never go to a place where Jesus has not already been. Boy, and that's helpful. We will never be at a place where Jesus has not already been to experience some of the less than perfect parts of life. The Magi were not stopped by fear. Jesus was not stopped by fear. And I'd like to think that Jesus has come and as he has found us, and as we get to have him, and as Jason shared last Sunday, just like he went ahead of the Israelites, he goes ahead of you and me. He goes ahead in leading us to what is unknown for us, what is known for him. I'm convinced that what you and I need to do is pay attention. And just like the Magi, it might be very well by another route, a different way. And his presence, God's presence, drives us on our way a different route, a different way, not always comfortable, and yet what makes it workable is what I said on Christmas Eve. He is ours and we are his. Will you take this in hand, please? I hope all of you. And the ushers are right now handing these out for people who don't have them. All of you have a piece of paper? Who does not have a piece of paper? All right, we're going to wait just a second. You know, Nick, you always sneak in early and you never get these, do you? I'm teasing. Yeah, right, right. He gets here before I do in terms of the sanctuary sometimes. They're, handing up, they're holding up their hands, and if you'll pass those out, that's great. Let me give you an intro on this. Who wrote this? I think it was Vern Gunderman. Who's Vern Gunderman? He's the guy that did the funeral services for both my mom and my dad. I remember those. I remember those indeed. Here, I'll give you mine. Actually, I'll give you one. I have one in here too in case I drop this one. Here you go. All right, here we go. Uh, he died two years ago, Vern Gunderman of ALS. That's a really tough deal. But boy, did he touch my heart for my mom and dad's funerals. Let me read this. By the way, why am I giving this to you? I'm hopeful it's helpful to you. I hope that you will be able to read this and know that some of your routes this year will not be easy ones. However, you will never go to a place where Jesus has not already been. May God make your coming year a happy one. Not by shielding you from all sorrows and pain, but by strengthening you to bear it as it comes. Not by making your path easy, but by making you sturdy to travel any path. Not by taking hardships from you, but by taking fear from your heart. Not by granting you unbroken sunshine, but by keeping your face bright even in the shadows. Not by making your life always pleasant, 
but by showing you when people and their causes need you most and by making you anxious to be there to help. God's love, peace, hope, and joy abound in you and your loved ones in the year ahead. May that be your blessing. Whatever route it is that you take this year, may this be your blessing. Jesus goes with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to take away the sin of the world. Thank you for Jesus in our presence and our hearts so that no matter what route we take, as we pay attention, we know that you and Jesus and the Spirit are with us. Allow us to take the gifts that we have and to influence the lives of those around us, to know what they need, and most of all, Jesus, to share with them. In your name we pray. Amen.